Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson, Mario Tirabasi. Still a little bit sick, so he'll be with us uh, later in the week. Hope Mario is feeling better soon. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us here on the YouTube or on the podcast. Make sure if you're on the YouTube, you smash that like button and subscribe to the channel. If you're just a podcast listener, that's cool, too. We love you just as much, maybe even a little more. Uh, make sure you are subscribed and following us there as well. So uh, I think anyone tuning into this show uh, is aware of the day's news. Uh, the Blackhawks all-time leading goal scorer. Uh, he's got his number retired. He's got a statue outside the United Center. Uh, Bobby Hall has died at the age of 84. And before we get into this show, um, we know that whenever a legendary player dies of any nature, there are people that hurt and it's hard for a certain generation of Hawks fans, um, you know, to swallow this, this pill. I never saw Bobby play. You never saw Bobby play, but we have heard about the legendary performances from him on the ice um, from our parents our uncles, our aunts, whoever got to see him play. Um, And I I just want to say this, like from start, we're not going to come here and, and dance in anybody's grave. Uh, We owe it to you, our viewers, and our listeners to give you our honest opinions. And there is a chance that they will upset some people, um, which is not really what we set out to do here. Um, You know, as a new company, we don't want to upset our audience. But if we're going to be a company that lasts and endures, we have to be honest with you. And we have to tell you what we feel. And we're never going to give you anything fake or manufactured. We're not going to, you know, sugarcoat things if they don't deserve sugarcoating. And this is certainly not a thing that deserves sugarcoating. So uh, we know there's going to be some uh, people that disagree with us, disagree with people in the chat. Here's what we're going to ask throughout this entire show. We're going to ask you to be respectful to us. We're going to ask you to be respectful to others. We will take your comments if you disagree with what we're saying. But if it gets personal, you're done. There's going to be a mute. There's going to be a show ban. Um, you know, we're going to keep this as constructive as we can. Again, I know this is a hot button topic, but I don't think that any of you would want us to come in here and not give you what we're truly feeling, uh, for the show. So look, if anyone listens to the last show we did, the post game show, uh, we both took shots at Bobby hole during the show. And if you don't know the off ice things that happen with Bobby, 
I want to make sure that you do because I think some people have heard, oh, you know, he was, wasn't a great guy, but, you know, eh, people change, all those sort of things. I just want to make sure you understand, and I, and I will give a little bit of a trigger warning here. There are some uh, graphic depictions of uh, domestic violence in these comments, um, so just be aware of that um, before, I, before I begin. Uh, in 1966, there was an incident in Hawaii with his then-wife, uh, Joanne, who told ESPN Classic Sports Century this quote, I looked the worst after that Hawaii incident. I took a real beating there. Bobby just picked me up, threw me over his shoulder, threw me in the room, and just proceeded to knock the heck out of me. He took my shoe with a steel heel and proceeded to hit me in the head. I was covered with blood, and I can't remember him, and I can remember him holding me over the balcony, and I thought, this is the end. I'm going. This is a woman who's, who feared for her life. The, company, the cu couple reconciled after that, but in 1978, Bobby Hull threatened her with a loaded shotgun. Two years later, they were divorced. Um, so there you go. Uh, his third wife, Deborah, um, and, and he married his third wife, Deborah, in 1984. Two years later, uh, Hull, who appeared to have been drinking, was charged with assault and battery against her, although she later dropped the complaint. However, Hull pleaded guilty to taking a swing at one of the arresting officers. He was fined $150 and placed on six months' court supervision. In 1998... He told the Moscow Times, quote, Hitler had some good ideas. He just went a bit, a bit too far. When asked if it would be fair to label him as a racist, Hull said, quote, I don't give a damn. I'm not running for any political office. He later denied uh, those statements. He also, in that same interview, said that the black population in America was growing too quickly. Um, upon his removal as ambassador before last season, Bobby Hull called himself the scapegoat for the Kyle Beach, uh, Brad Aldrich fallout, saying they brought up things that happened 50 years ago to cover their shortcomings with this pedophile. So there's just a few things uh, that are that are public about Bobby Hall, and to me, those things are more important than skating really fast and having a great slap shot. And they have to be acknowledged and they have to be stated out loud. And the fact that he has died should not change that. And uh, I know I've been talking the whole show, Craig, I'm going to give you the floor, but I just wanted to make sure we kind of got this out there clearly and everyone understood that it wasn't just like, oh, you know, he was a guy who had a good time and, oh, he had a bad moment here or there. No, there were some horrible, horrible things said and done by Bobby Hull, regardless of how long ago it was. I know domestic violence was much less of a thing in the 50s and 60s, but holding a woman over a balcony to the point where she thought she was going to die that was not a sign of the times. That's an abuser. Cut and dry. For sure. And all that stuff, even though I've heard that many times before, read about it, it just makes me sick to the pit of my stomach to, to, hear, to hear it again. Um, so, yeah. Does it, those things need to be out in the open. I know people say, oh, you can't talk about those things right after someone dies. Well, when else are you supposed to talk about it? If you're going to sell, if you if you're going to talk about a person, you have to talk about the whole thing, and it's not just a couple of discretions. It's not boys will be boys type of things. This guy uh, was not a good person off the ice for a lot of his life. Now that may have changed later in life. I know all day today I've heard seen pictures with Bobby Hull taken with people's kids signing pucks. 
Nobody loved being Bobby Hall more than Bobby Hall. Yes. <laughs> Nobody loved being in public and having the camera on him more than Bobby Hall. He was the jovial guy, the there to have a good time guy. He made time for everybody that wanted to have time with Bobby Hall and should be commended for that. Was a good ambassador right. at the job. Understood, Probably, the, understood the assignment. Yes. And, you know... It was understandable why the Blackhawks, why when Rocky Wirtz got, you know, control the team, that was one of the first things he wanted to do was bring back Bobby Hall and bring back Stan Mikita to bridge that that gap from the generations. And and it's understandable why he wanted to do that. And, yes, as time goes on, people look at those things and say, yeah, maybe – Maybe that wasn't a great idea, you can, you, but you can't change the past. The Blackhawks made that move in February of last year. You know, sounds like sour grapes when Bobby Hole says it, but hey, for the first time in your life, you were actually held accountable for it. So boo. Yeah, right. So it's, it's easy for some people to, to separate player from person. And does Bobby Hall, the player, deserve that statue in front of the United Center? Absolutely. Does Bobby Hall, the player, deserve to have his number retired at the United Center for the end of time? Yes. Does Bobby Hall, the player, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. But the Bobby Hall story doesn't stop when he announced his retirement in 1980. Correct. So, to be fair to everybody, and yes... People have lost their father today. People have lost their brother, their uncle, right. their friend. Of course. Their childhood sports hero. And my heart goes out to those people who are saddened of course. by all of this. Yes. Because he still is a human being that was loved by a lot of people. His, his kids, his family, his teammates. I know a lot of people that are hurting today because that's their childhood hero. There are people of mine, heroes of mine, that I've never met in my life that I have cried when they have passed of away. Course. There are other heroes that I'm dreading the day they pass away. So I get all that. But as you said, it's our job to tell the whole story of right. Bobby Hall. Bobby Hall, the greatest Blackhawk of all time. Arguments there. He's definitely in the team photo. You can argue, you know, maybe Patrick Kane has surpassed him in that, but he's the great he scored the most goals in Blackhawks history. He revolutionized the game. He was one of the fastest players to play the game. Him and Stan Makita perfected the art of curving their stick blade to make yeah. their shot even more dangerous. Which is terrifying coming from yes. Bobby Hall. Yeah. So, I mean, Bobby Hall, the player, should be celebrated and put on a player on a pedestal. He deserved that. He earned that. Yeah. Bobby Hall, the person, I choose not to celebrate. Sure. And, I can separate and, player from person, yes. and it's probably easier for me because I never saw him play. I'm not old enough to have seen him play. People who grew up watching him probably can't make that distinction, and that's okay. Yeah. I'm not telling anybody that they can't be a Bobby Hall fan. You, If you can separate those two things or you choose to ignore the bad stuff because you don't want it to tarnish your, the good thing, that's your choice, and you, you have the right to that choice. I, for one, can't do it. While I can appreciate what he accomplished on the ice, all that other stuff makes me not a fan of his. And again, I offer my condolences to the whole family. I know there are people who are heartbroken today. Yeah. And so, you know, it's people call this a, he has a complicated legacy. It's not complicated. He was right. a great hockey player and a bad person. That's it. That's, that's not complicated. That's black and white. That's cut and dry. When you, so you, to me, 
you can't celebrate one without mentioning the other. And we know that there are people that he was good to, right? We've we've, we've seen an outpouring of uh, stuff on Twitter from, hey, I was a kid. I met Bobby at a such and such, and he was super kind to me and said he'd love to see me at a, at a Hawks game someday. And that's cool, and that's great. I'm glad that he had that impact on you. But keep in mind how the people he was closest to, his wives, uh, felt and his kids felt. And think how the many, many Jewish Blackhawks fans felt when they heard their heroes say Hitler had some good ideas. And the many, many black Blackhawks fans who heard him say the black population is growing too quickly in America. I'm glad you got your autograph. I'm glad you had that positive experience, but you cannot eliminate what those comments did. And I know it's direct versus indirect, but that hurts. And that hurt a large portion of the fan base all at once and probably continues to cause some pain for them. And it, it just can't be ignored. And I think part of why it is it has been hard for a lot of people today, especially our, some of our older viewers and listeners who grew up watching Bobby or were a little closer to him than we were in terms of age. When someone is that great at what they do, it becomes very difficult to have to like cope with your feelings on it, right? I remember years ago, Jeff Perlman wrote a book about Walter Payton and shared some unflattering things about Walter Payton's life with his wife and the, his faithfulness and those sort of things. And people were outraged. They did not want to hear a bad word about Walter Payton. That's me. Walter Payton is my Bobby Hull. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if, if, if Walter did what Bobby did, that would change the way I feel about Walter. Yeah, every, yeah. I mean, there's a difference between indiscretions and being an asshole. Yeah, flat-out evil. Yeah, yes. and, you know, and Michael Jordan's another one of those guys. Right. Every, he's on a pedestal in this town, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff out there that maybe he's not this great guy that everybody thinks he is. And so it's up to each individual to decide how they want to compartmentalize that. To me, I, you know, have a hard time separating person and player or art and artist. You know, there's a lot of times where people that, you know, actors or musicians that I have loved for years and then stuff comes out and you're like, God, you know, this sucks. I don't know what to do because... These songs were important to me at a time in my life. Maybe they, this was a song that pulled me out of a dark place many times. And now I hear it and it just, it, it ruins things for you. And that sucks. Yeah. And I get that. But you also have to empathize with how other people's actions can take them, instead of pulling them out of dark places, can throw them into dark places. So there's no right way to handle all this stuff. If you're hurting, you're hurting. And you've hurt, and that's not wrong. It's okay. If you're indifferent, cool. Fine. Nobody should be happy. Somebody still lost yeah. a father today. Somebody right. still lost a family member. You know, we don't know those relationships. So there's no reason to be doing a victory lap today. Just out of just being a decent human being, there's no reason to do a victory lap. Yeah. Uh, but if, if you're hurting... That's, that's okay. That's fine. That's, you know, I'm sorry you're hurting. If you're indifferent, that's a perfectly reasonable response to. Uh, Michael in the chat is one of our uh, elder statesmen of the chat. 
He says, uh, Bobby Hull, the player, saw him hundreds of times at the stadium. Always great to the fans. Greatest athlete I ever saw, unless you saw him play at the stadium. I can't explain the excitement. And, and I think back to, you know, you talk about the sports time machine. My first trip would be back then to watch Bobby and Stan play together. Yeah, my parents. To this day. If, if Doc Brown pulled up right here and said, where are we going? I'd be like, Chicago Stadium, let's go. Yeah, my, I want to see it. My parents were big Hawks fans in the late 60s. They were married in 1961, and they had season tickets for the first few years of their marriage until uh, my sister and I came along and ruined all that for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, they'll do it. That was their choice, though. Uh, so I heard many stories growing up about Bobby Hall and, and Stan Makita and all those guys and and, you know, Stan Makita was, or Bobby Hull was an amazing hockey player, one of the fastest players of that generation, and, and but tough as nails, too. Yeah. He's a guy that, you know, much like Gordie Howe, would, you know, not shy away from, you know, hey, if I needed to punch you in the face after scoring a hat trick, I will. Yeah. With, and take great pleasure doing it. That famous picture of him with the lip busted and yep. the blood dripping down the shirt, like... You know, you could see why he was not only because of the skill, but you know, not no, not wearing a helmet, the the golden hair, uh, the million dollar smile, good looking guy. Like he had everything. Someone today compared him to, to Sinatra on Ice, which you could probably make that comparison in a lot he of ways. Owned, he owned this town. <laughs> yeah, for, he did for decades. There's a picture of Bobby Hull, of Bobby Hull bailing hay. Um, like that's how he would get in shape. Would just like work on a farm. And there's one of him bailing hay, and there's one of Gordy Howe fishing, and they've got their shirts off. And you've never, you have not seen a person built this way. I guarantee you, those it's, guys it's never, never took a CrossFit class in their no, life. No. Never lifted a weight. They never did anything, and they yeah. probably smoked cigarettes and drank three cases of beer, you know, a week. Yeah. But yet they just knew how to do it. Like they were, they were different. They were on a different level than anybody else. Definitely. And, and, you know, as, as time wore on, Bobby Hull's legacy, you know, he became stuff of, of mythical proportions, and, and, and rightfully so. And, and, you know, with Makita, you know, the, the, that one hurt to me a lot more yeah. because of, of the bad, the, you know, the stuff we talked about with Hull. But, you know, I've gotten a chance in the past to meet Stan Makita and, and sit down and chat with him, and he was just such a genuine guy like with yeah. the Bobby Hole stuff even when he was doing stuff you could tell like okay the cameras are on he's gonna pour it on but Stan Makita was he was that guy all the time I don't he, know if, can I use Mensch I'm not Jewish but yeah it seems to fit perfectly yeah I you mean know? Stosh was yeah was you know they were like you know the yin and yang to each other right and well and, I mean look Taves and Kane are very similar yeah in that regard and We'll discuss Patrick Kane's legacy at a later time. Yeah, but maybe not quite. They, they, the, the, similar, the parallels similar, are there. Yes. Where, where Kane and Hall were more the the wild child, the the, the party guy, the, yeah. the, the 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 had the swagger, can talk trash, follow it up. Not the same player, but the same yeah. style yeah. and attitude. Where Makita and and Taves were more the hey. It's all about business. business. Yep. You know, this is this is my life. This is what I do. Um, so yeah, they they you know, uh, you know, there are a lot of parallels to those to those duels. And I I did the little news piece this morning when the when the news was made official, and I said this generation of Blackhawks fans have t have Kane and Taves to define their fandom. But for our parents and our grandparents and those generations, it was Hall and Makita. 
Right. They were they were the sports gods in this town. There were no bulls back then. They're still talked about. Yeah. You know, still they, to they, this day. They, they, there were no bulls. Right. You know, the 60s and 70s were not a golden era for Chicago baseball by any means. I mean, though those Cubs teams had some some legendary <laughs> yeah. players, but there were there were not. You know, do you want to keep reliving 1969? No, that's Probably okay. not. I'm good. You know, and the Bears. Well, the Bears have been the Bears since the beginning of time, except for one year. So, yeah. you know, they own this town, and and they own they 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 have earned their spots in Chicago lore. Yeah. I should mention I failed to do this uh, at the start, and apologies for that. In a few minutes, we're going to be joined by ESPN's Emily Kaplan. She's been scheduled for a couple weeks now. She was kind enough to push her visit back uh, 30 minutes so we can get into the Bobby Hull stuff. Our buddy Windy City Hockey asked a nice question. Do you think the Blackhawks wear a number nine patch commemorating uh, Bobby Hull's passing? I would – I don't know. I I, I don't think so. I think the statements they made – kind of cover everything yeah. and i think they're kind of happy to especially in light of what happened last season last summer yeah. well you know what came to light last summer it happened in 2010 um i think they'd be wise to steer clear of that it's just don't go looking for more bad pr backlash if you don't have to you can avoid it Yes. I think there'll be a lot more people upset if they do than the people who would be upset if they don't. You're not going to please everybody. Someone's going to be mad about it. Right. You know, there are people mad that, you know, Eddie Olchek didn't get his moment in the sun this year. There's reasons for that. Oh, he also did by emceeing well, Marion yes. Hosts' retirement yes. ceremony. But So, you know, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a tricky one. That's, not a dec- that's a decision I'm glad I don't have to make. Yeah. Uh, do we have the statement from the Blackhawks? Yes. Uh, thank you, Kevin. I wasn't sure if that uh, got to you. Uh, this is from the Chicago Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks are saddened by the passing of Blackhawks legend Bobby Hull, a superstar for our franchise between 1957 and 1972. Hull is part of an elite group of players who made a historic impact on our hockey club. The Golden Jet helped the Blackhawks win the 1961 Stanley Cup and delivered countless memories to our fans whom he adored. Generations of Chicagoans were dazzled by Bobby's shooting prowess, skating skill, and overall team leadership that led to 604 career goals, a franchise record that remains to this day. We send our deepest sympathies to the whole family. We also had a statement um, from Rocky Wirtz. Rocky says, quote, Bobby Hull will always be remembered as one of the greatest Blackhawks players of all time. He was a beloved member of the Blackhawks family. When I assumed leadership of the organization upon my father's passing in 2007, one of my first priorities was to meet with Bobby to convince him to come back as an ambassador of our team. His connection to our fans was special and irreplaceable. On behalf of the entire Words family, I offer our deepest condolences on the loss of Bobby Hull, the Golden Jet. He will be missed. So there you have it. There's the two statements from the team. Um, I don't really know what to expect in terms of a jersey patch or a helmet sticker or when they ha- when uh, Stan passed and when uh, Tony O passed. They had the number behind the goal on the ice. Uh, I would be surprised if they do something like that. I think they want to keep their distance and avoid the controversy. Yeah, yeah. It was easy for for Tony O and Stan Makita because uh, they didn't have the the ugly side to their to their legacy. Right. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, not an easy decision to to make from an, from a standpoint of no matter what we do. Someone's going to be yelling yeah, at us. Right. So it just depends on which which side of that coin they want yelling at them. Um, you know, I don't know. 
uh, I'm not going to try and, and guess and get in the headspace of, of, of Danny Wirtz right now. What about make, what about like a moment of silence and in intro video before a game? I would, I think I would assume they will do that. They'll do a moment of silence and and uh, um, you know moment of silence before that February seventh game when they're back on the ice and maybe a little tribute video. But you know, and then it's time yeah. to move on. By the way, that voice you just heard is of uh, Chicago. You radio know that voice star. if you listen to Hawks oh, games. Stop. Chicago radio star <laughs> Kevin stop. Wells. We are we are graced with uh, host of Chicago Blackhawks radio games here oh, today. Thanks, guys. You did need to do that. I appreciate that, though. I was lucky enough to fill in a couple times while uh, John's voice is on the mend. So hopefully, uh, John's hopefully doing he's better. Do- yeah, hopefully to get him back after the break. Joe's been doing an awesome job on play by play. Just happy to Friend throw of the my program, hat in the Joe, ring. Joe Brand. Yeah, but Kevin, you killed it those those times. I know that first day, it was kind of a last minute thing, and I saw you before the uh, uh, out in the press box and. I could tell you were the nerves are creeping in a little bit, but you killed it. You did a great job. Yeah, you you, you helped uh, step me off the ledge. A well, bit. as I told <laughs> I was, you, I was I'm a bit like, nervous. if this if this idiot can sit here and talk in front of an audience every day, you've got it. You got it, bud. You killed it. Yeah. Uh, Bill R says uh, Hawks keep their distance. Rocky just doubled down on being proud of making him an ambassador. I mean, that was in the statement. Bill's not wrong. You know, I I don't know. I just I just think. With the Kyle Beach stuff, with what's happened recently in Lee with the Rangers and Flyers, and with the things that Bobby Hull has done, which are becoming, which, honestly, God, more people are learning about today right. than I probably ever know. I learned stuff today about Bobby Hull that I didn't know before. Um, so I, I just think to, I don't know, I, that's, you're right. It is a very difficult decision. Uh, I don't envy the people making it. But like yeah, like Bill said, they're they're not they're not shying away from their choice to make him ambassador, and you know they did terminate that relationship before last season. But it's it's very it's 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 tough. I'm glad it's not a decision I have to make. I know what mine would be. Mine would be no sticker, no patch, no logo on the ice. I think a moment of silence is appropriate. Maybe a highlight montage is appropriate, and and you, and then you go from there. But yeah, I agree with that. But again. Who knows what they decide to do, and I'm sure whatever decision they make, and when we report it, there will be the randoms that yell at us like if it was our decision. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of people saying uh, McLovin is saying it, Barbara's saying it. You know that Rocky needs to retire and step down because the things that have happened on his watch, and you know that would that's a conversation we had a lot last year. Yeah, um, about his role with the team, which uh, which seems to be lessened people in the organization deny that he has a lesser role than he had before but he's far less visible than he's ever been and Danny and Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner seem to be doing the bulk of the of the work publicly uh and behind the scenes so um I don't know I know it's it's tough it's tough to tell the owner of a heritage franchise like you have to resign um but it's where it's kind of the place they put themselves in so These are things you have to deal with when you don't act in the first place. Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meats, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. Just picked up the jalapeno cheddar uh, sticks. I just have the uh, three-pepper turkey 
Oh, I've been oh, to try five pep. Five yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it good? I, I, I shortened you two peppers. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Great stuff. That's next on the list. I'm getting that at my deli. You can, too. Get it in your deli, uh, deli section. But the meat sticks, they come in chicken, black forest beef, jalapeno cheddar, and spicy chili. If you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing. And here's a great opportunity to try them. Order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. They'll be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Again, order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com. Include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, and those meat sticks will be free by using the code CHGO at checkout. And the stage is set, and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona. Yesterday was a big day in the NFL. There's no better way to get ready for the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even uh, an even bigger payout with the DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100 percent the same game parlays these uh stepped up ones are awesome you can take all different kinds of possibilities i'm sure with the super bowl and all the crazy prop bets you got you can probably go crazy and put you know 50 or 60 legs to your parlay and and retire early if you wanted to so download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use the promo code chgo new customers can bet five dollars on super bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions reply. That's easy for me to say. Void <laughs> in Ohio. See show notes for detail. All right, we are joined now. This is an interview we've been trying to make happen since, when did we open? March of uh, 2022? It's been almost a year, yeah. We've been trying to make this happen since March of 2022. Uh, one of my favorite hockey reporters in the world. It's ESPN's Emily Kaplan joining the show. Emily, thanks for joining us. I'm glad we could finally get this done. It's my pleasure, and I'm sorry you're making me feel very flaky, but um, I appreciate no. your persistence, your patience with me, and uh, now is a great day to come on. So thank you. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not flaky. You're busy. That's <laughs> two very different Fair things. Enough. Fair enough. Um, and again, thanks for your flexibility uh, with the Bobby Hall news. And I guess we can sort of start there with you. I know um, you weren't around to cover Bobby when he played, but um, one of the game's all-time greats. We've been spending the first half hour of the show discussing the player and the man and how difficult it can be to separate those two things. So we welcome your thoughts on, on the passing of Bobby Hall. Yeah, no, it's a sad day for everyone who knew him, everyone who grew up watching him. Um, there's no doubt he was an electric player, and he meant a lot, both the Blackhawks organization as well as the league. Um, I think this is a topic that um, I grapple with as a sports reporter. I know fans do too when you have someone who can do something so incredible in the playing field and then you hear about stories and there's reports of things that they do off the field that don't necessarily align with your values and you have to grapple with that of how do we celebrate this person. But I think today is all about just supporting his family, supporting those who love him and remembering that in that way. Um, and everyone's personal beliefs, you know, that's something that they can all wrestle with. I don't typically have a ton on them just because, as you said, I didn't cover him, didn't know him that well. But um, he was an absolutely uh, a legend for this organization. And my thoughts are with his family. For sure. Um, of course, now we're switching gears to today's Blackhawks. And the story that won't go away until it does is, of course, the futures of Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. 
We seem to talk about it every single day. That's what all of our fans want to talk about and the kind of holding pattern we're in. But has have uh, have you heard anything new along the lines of are we going to see any kind of movement here anytime soon or any answers? You know, I had a really long chat last week with someone who's close to both players, works within the agency, has been really, um, you know, front lines of the situation. And he doesn't know because neither player knows. And, you know, I think... This is probably the frustrating thing, again, for people like you and for fans who want some clarity on the situation. It's been hanging over everyone's heads for a couple months, um, but neither player really thought they would be in the situation, and I don't think either player is rushing into trying to figure out their future. There's a great Lou Lamarillo quote. He always says it, when you have time, use it, um, and that's what these players are doing right now. So what their agency has recommended to them is wait as long as possible. You know, Last year, this agency also represented Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux knew he was not going to resign with the Flyers. He had never won a cup. So his motivations were very clear. I want a chance to go chase it. He narrowed down his choice of which team he wanted to go to very early. He was hell-bent on the Florida Panthers. The agency obviously had to support him in those goals. He goes to the Panthers. It didn't quite work out for him. He gets to choose his decision in free agency. That's a very different situation than Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taser in. Um, they both have won before. They both know that if they retired today, their name are in the rafters at the United Center and they retire as franchise legends. It doesn't mean that they're not motivated to win again. And especially in the case of Patrick, he's just such a hockey nerd. He's so fiercely competitive. And Pat and Jonathan is too. I just feel like Patrick's in this different camp where his motivation is to be Tom Brady and play until he's 50 years old. Um, he's looking for those opportunities of, of how he can be competitive, but they're also balancing um, life change. And there's a lot of comfort and structure um, of being a Chicago Blackhawk, the place, you know, the only place that they've known professionally. So my long way of saying that there's not quite um, much more clarity than there probably was a few months ago. I do know the All-Star break is coming up, um, the All-Star weekend. Their agents will be there in Florida. Um, there's expected to be, you know, maybe more conversations and maybe more direction that they can come to the Blackhawks and say this is which direction the players want to go. But as of now, I can firmly say there's no guarantee one or both of these players is traded at all. And Jonathan Taves uh, last week spoke to Mark Lazarus and said something along the lines of, I like, I know what I want to do or I know my decision, but I'm not ready to share it yet. Um, until then, and I sort of still kind of believe, I don't know if either of them know what they want to do. Because, you know, we, I think we all have a tendency to look at it like a video game, right? Like, well, just make the transaction. But there's the family element and the time and the legacy and all those things going into consideration. I think there's a decent chance that right now, neither guy truly knows what they want to do. I am with you, and I don't think so. And I think that Jonathan has an idea, um, you know, and he's probably had to map out different scenarios of what would my life look like if I chose this or I chose that? And what would the next few months look like for me? And, you know, what risk am I willing to stomach? But to say with full certainty, he knows exactly where he's going to be on March 4th and what that situation is going to look around him. Like, I'm not quite sure he's there yet. Well, those aren't the only two guys, you know, going to be on the move. The, the Kyle Davidson built a roster to, uh, to put it uh, bluntly, look like they're trying very hard every night but still lose as many possible <laughs> games, and that's what they've, they've done a good job at. But there are some guys that were brought in to be flipped, and there's a lot of other guys' rumors. Is there, is there any other, you know, uh, talk going around on the back channels about who – uh, is drawing interest these days as we get closer to the trade deadline. For sure. I mean, one thing I will say is I give Kyle Davidson complete credit for being so transparent 
for having a plan and he has conviction and sticking to it. And there's so many times we see, um, you know, I'll just speak for hockey, the space that I cover so much where there's different pressures that make people waver. And it's really hard to stomach this with a fan base who's just so used to accustomed to winning. Um, and it's like, this is not the team I want out there. So good on him for just sticking with it. And I know that those under him really believe in that plan. They see the vision there. Um, they're preparing as if they're going to get a couple extra draft picks. They already feel great about the situation that they're in and their potential to get the number one pick in Connor Bedard. And it's another really great draft class. Maybe we can get into that after. Um, but, you know, if they get the extra first for Kane and Taze, that's great. I don't know if Taze would even garner first at this point. It'd probably be a second. Um, but there's another couple players in the roster that I do think that they could recoup some value for. Um, you know, Max Domi is one. Um, that's a really cheap depth ad for teams. He's been moved at the deadline. I mean, last year he was moved to the Carolina Hurricanes. The Blackhawks may want to keep him around. I know that one of the things that they are balancing is we have to have good veterans here so that when we do bring in these young players, they have a good structure around them. But he'll get some looks from teams I wouldn't expect a very, very high return. Um, you know, I think that their blue line is starting to get a lot of looks. Connor Murphy's under contract for another few years. If the Blackhawks retain salary on him, um, that's a very attractive pickup for some teams because one of the big trends this year is no one really wants to stomach the risk for a rental. Everyone wants some cost certainty and assurance, especially because we don't know how much the salary cap is going up. And we do know that it's not as much as we anticipated. So if you can get a guy locked in like that, who is, you know, very solid, he's not going to blow you away on either end of the ice, but he's a very, very solid veteran. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he was traded. And one of the names that I've heard a bunch is Jake McCabe. And again, teams are looking, hey, are they going to retain salary on this guy? But if they do, there's so many defensive needy teams. There's really not that many blue liners available. You know, probably the top guy is like Vlad Gavrikov out of Columbus, but he would garner you a first round pick. And, you know, then you're hoping that he would sign long term. So someone like Jake McCabe um, is very, very attractive to some contenders, but that's if the Blackhawks are willing to eat some salary, which I get the sense that they are because they're starting to think about having to meet that salary cap floor next season as they <laughs> continue this long plan. Yeah. How many guys can we pay to not be here? So <laughs> yeah, that's definitely uh, something they have to consider. And I want to go back to Max Domi real quick. Cause I went back every now and again, I go back and review shows from the past to see like, what do we think about this when it happened? And I, before free agency began, we were kind of going through the list of available free agents and we got to Max Domi and kind of went, eh, you know, and I don't know, his his reputation, at least in my mind, before he got here was kind of, I don't want to say a problem. I think maybe malcontent is a little strong too, but I, I had the feeling that he wasn't the most desirable teammate, but since he's come here, he has been the most, you know, available guy in the locker room always with a smile on his face. He's talked openly about wanting to stay here and be part of this thing beyond this season. I don't know if my opinion of a guy has flipped so much from you know summer to, to now than it has with Max Domi. How is he viewed around the league? What is his reputation around the league um, in terms of maybe not just trade value, but in terms of you know locker room presence? He's a really popular player. I mean, obviously his dad, Ty Domi, was an incredibly popular enforcer in the league for a long time. Yeah. Ty is ubiquitous. You know, he's always around. He's in Toronto. He's got some cool celebrity friends. Max has been exposed to that lifestyle since he was really young. And I find Max to be a very popular player. Um, you know, I was around Carolina a ton last year uh, when he got traded there. The guys all liked him. He fit in. Um, I do remember, though, I was, you know, working the trade deadline at ESPN. 
um, we were at the desk and John Tortorella was on our panel. He was one of Max Domi's former coaches and kind of off camera when they did trade for Max Domi's like, mm, I don't know if that's going to be a great fit for Rod Brindamore. And I think the issue has never been Max as a teammate. It was more so maybe him being coached, maybe him wanting to be a center when other coaches want him to play at a different position. Um, you know, more issues like that. I think that also Torx is just a very de demanding coach to play for. Uh, he asked a lot of you. Uh, I think those are a lot of euphemisms. So maybe there was like a little bit of tuffle there, but when Torts was talking about Max Domi as a person, glowing, like really smiley kid, yeah. really liked him. And, you know, you talked about him as a teammate. I haven't watched a ton of Blackhawks games this year. I'm not going to lie well, to you. Emily, you're missing out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the ones I haven't seen, though, I've seen moments where, like, Kane gets, you know, tossed in a corner and Max Domi is the first guy standing up for him. And like you said, there's a lot of pride he has being in this organization, original six, being teammates with these guys and – um you know, whatever happens to him, I, I think he'll find a good home somewhere. Um, but he has bounced around a lot. And I think, you know, it's just kind of the nature of the business. You know, not all first round picks pan out. Um, you know, maybe everyone always viewed him as one thing, but turns out that he's something else. But he sticks places in the sense that he's still in this league and he's still contributing. Before we move on to the draft, uh, the Max Domi conversation reminded me that the main reason he came here in the first place was Luke Richardson being named head coach. He said it from his opening press conference that, Luke is the reason I'm here. I wanted to play for Luke Richardson. And it's really hard to uh, learn too much about a head coach X's and O's wise when the roster is as poor as it is. But from afar, what have your impressions been of Luke Richardson? Um, and what have you heard from some of your, your colleagues around the league about his first year as head coach? Leader. Um, when I yeah. think of Luke Richardson, I just think leader of men. And I think so many times, especially in head coaching, this is something I believe covering the NFL we talk about that sexy offensive coordinator or sexy defensive coordinator that did something really unique. And, oh, my gosh, they're going to shoot to everybody's head coaching rankings. And I'm like, mm, I feel like a head coach is more like a CEO. And that's something that you delegate the X's and O's to your assistants. And look, so I don't really know about Luke Richardson's ideal system. I know that the players he has to work with and what he has to make chicken salad out of. Um, and he's done, I think, quite a decent job, especially getting these guys to buy in early when everyone was counting them out. Uh, but just the composure that he has behind the bench. Um, I know he was extremely popular with the players in Montreal, extremely well-respected by his colleagues, a player that put in the work to get to this position as a head coach. And just in my limited conversations with him, I've just been very impressed by his leadership. Just it's that quality that you can't quite describe, but you know it when you see it. Yeah, he definitely has a presence. He walks mm -hmm. into a room and you're like, okay, this, we know what this guy is about. Um, you know, besides the Kane and Taves, you know, discussions every night, we end up talking about the draft. Obviously, this season is about the future. And, of course, Connor Bedard is is the ultimate prize here. But if we've been trying to talk our, our fans off the ledge this year about, hey, if we miss out on number one, even if we finish with the worst record, that doesn't guarantee you Connor Bedard. But this draft is loaded. Like, yes, Connor Bedard is the ultimate prize but there's a lot out there, and you recently wrote about this draft and and, and how good it is. Uh, if you just want to share your thoughts on that to kind of help uh, another another educated voice telling our fans <laughs> that if we miss out on Connor Bedard, it's not the end of the world. 
Yeah, well, here I'm going to come with a lot of good news. Um, this draft is spectacular, especially among forwards. It's not a great draft for defensive prospects. Um, the top defenseman that's probably going to go is this Austrian kid that is just big and tall, and every evaluator just kind of gets blown away by the big and tall guy. He might go late first round. We could see a ton of forwards getting taken. That's one of the reasons why I believe the Blackhawks traded up for Brzezinski last year, knowing, hey, we get our defenseman that we like in 2021, we can save out for these forwards in 2023 or 2022, 23, whatever. Years all blend together after the pandemic. You guys know <laughs> what I'm talking about here. Um, the other good news about this draft is that the Blackhawks have two first round picks, but also two second round picks. And some GMs and evaluators I've been talking to say, those second round picks might be better than the first round picks in 2024. Um, you can get really good value. When I talked to Dan Marr, he's the head of the NHL Central Scouting. He said there was 50 to 60 really good prospects in this draft, and it does tail off after that. But those 50 to 60 are really, really good. Um, the high-end talent here, uh, the top five picks of the draft are all excellent players. And the Blackhawks at this moment are projected to get in that range and more than likely should. Um, so you've got Connor Bernard at number one. He's your Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, very elite level talent. Number two is more than likely going to be Adam Fantilli. Going into the past World Juniors, there were some people who still said, hmm, I might even take Fantilli over Bedard. I don't think they're saying that anymore. I still think it's a very clear consensus, number one. But that just gives you a sense of how good Adam Fantilli is. Canadian kid. He's playing for Michigan. One of the great things he did at the World Juniors is we see him score a ton at Michigan. He's a center. He played out of position. He played a role. Bottom six minutes completely bought in for Team Canada to get them a goal. And for a lot of evaluators, they're like, that showed me versatility. That showed me coachability. I effing love that kid. So he would be a great consolation prize. Leo Carlson, more than likely going to go number three. Swedish player, very precocious. You see the Swedish model. He'd probably plug into the NHL very soon and be a, quite a productive player. Um, and then, you know, if a team's willing to take a risk, I feel like stomach a risk is my theme of the day. But um, Matt Bay Michkov is a player who has been talked about the best Russian since Alex Ovechkin to come out of that league. Um, incredible winger, um, just ready to dominate probably in the NHL in the sense that he's already, you know, playing professionally over in Russia because of the Russia factor, because of the fact that he signed in the KHL till 25, 26, he's probably going to drop. We don't know when he's going to come over here, how, what his appetite is. But I mean, if a team's willing to take a little bit of a risk on him and you get him outside the, two to four range, um, you could land a complete diamond. So Mitchkov is very interesting because um, I don't think that Kyle Davidson's in a position to make him his first pick if it's in the top five. But you mentioned him potentially falling because of the Russian factor. How far could he fall? Are we talking into the teens? Are we talking into the 20s? Or is it going to be maybe seven, eight? Yeah, I mean, we're at the draft, like the cycle of the draft where all of a sudden now I'm starting to see, oh, attitude problems, scouts are saying. So, you know, there's some people trying to influence that and make him draft a little longer. Um, you know, we saw in this past year when there was a lot of unknown, right? The invasion to Ukraine was just in February. Mm -hmm. The next draft was in July. Um, you know, one thing that there's not a concern over is enough people having seen him. He's played enough of these big tournaments, like the Halinka Gretzky tournament. Like people have seen him at this level and there's still some eyes in Russia. Like the border's not completely closed to NHL evaluators. My guess would be teens, you know, the guys in this past draft didn't quite slide as much as we thought. Like the talk in Montreal last year was there's not going to be Russians in the first round whatsoever. They're going to be iced out. Then there were three. Um, but I, 
my guess is, you know, he'll fall out of the top five, but not much further than that, just because the talent is there. But they're going to need some assurances from his representation that he wants to come to the NHL. And that's his goal the second his KHL contract's over. I just imagined the Hawks picking, you know, Bedard or Fantilli or Carlson and then using their second round picks and maybe they get even more uh, at this deadline and trading up and taking Mitchkov too. And if, if he slips far enough, that's, you could make that argument, especially like Emily's saying, you're talking 50, 60 elite forwards, second round picks being like first round picks. I don't, trading up would be very tempting for some teams. I don't hate that idea, and the Blackhawks have nothing but time right yes. now. They could, they're one of the teams that can wait three, four years. Uh, I'm just still blown away by the fact that we here in Chicago have a general manager that has foresight and says, let's draft in 2022 at a position that's not so weak, that's going to be very weak next year. We're not used to that here for the last decade or so, to have a guy in charge that thinks two, three, four years down the road. It still takes getting used to. Yeah. And we just had uh, our latest Connor McDavid experience uh, as, as uh, Blackhawks observers, and you made that comparison with Bedard, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid. I think McDavid's already in the conversation today as, like, a top five all-time player. Is there any way, like, is Bedard that good? Could he be McDavid good? I'm not sure McDavid good. I think something. McDavid is just on a different wavelength right now. Um, we haven't seen someone quite this dominant in some time. I think the trouble that I have with Bedard, and I think evaluators do too, is that you know the best is yet to come. And if you've seen him, he still has a lot of physical development that he needs to um, go through just you know, with his age. So we don't quite know how he's going to net out. But I think he would just be one small rung under McDavid, just the way that he's been able to take over games with as much spotlight and pressure that he had. And I don't think that part has really been covered enough because the noise is really loud about him and everyone you talk to, whether it's NHL evaluators, agents, teammates, coaches, none of it seems to phase him. The fact that like his junior team was like, oh yeah, it's totally cool after world juniors. And you just lit the entire show up and won a gold medal, like take a couple games off and know he was playing their very next game. And I think had four points, like three goals and an assist or something insane. And then just insane production after that. Um, so he's a very special player, probably one rung under McDavid, but we're, it's going to be a while before we see another McDavid. I'll put it that way. Yeah, he is. I, I tweeted out the other day, I, I saw Gretzky and I saw Lemieux in their primes and no one strikes fear in the opponent like McDavid. You see guys looking over their shoulder, wondering where is he, where is he? And then he's gone. And the next thing you know, he's got his arms up in celebration and that horn is blowing. He's unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen a player with his talent. This is a combination of speed and uh, hands and then the mental aspect of the game, which is what Gretzky has always said was his advantage was I just knew where it was going to go. McDavid has all of it, but I'll settle for Austin Matthews. That'd be fine. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we compared Connor McDavid to a Jedi Knight uh, in our last post game show because he could just knows where to be at the right time. Yeah, special special talent. But yeah, I guess Austin Matthews, uh, as one scout told us earlier, that Bedard is uh, Patrick Kane with Austin Matthews shot. Okay. That yeah. will work. Yeah. I take that. My only, like, one hill I'll die on is I just want to see him end up on an American team. Um, I don't want to see him in Montreal. I just feel West like. West City, yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. We just, there's so many uh, great players that are in Canada and here in the U.S. as we're trying to grow the game, and specifically American-born players, which I know doesn't apply to Bedard, but 
I want to see him in an American franchise. So obviously Chicago selfishly would be cool for me. I live in the city. I think it'd be great. Original six, Arizona, you know, there's obviously the pull there where the league wanted to do them. I like a team like Columbus, a, a market that really needs to grow. And, you know, is trying to build the right way. Has a lot of former Blackhawk prospects there. Like, I think that would be a good fit for him too. No, I disagree. I think Chicago or bust. <laughs> Chicago or the KHL. The only scenario we'll accept. <laughs> um, before we let you go, I wanted to pick your brain. Um, on the latest, um, we, you know, we had the Ivan Provorov situation a couple weeks ago with him refusing to participate in the pregame skate with the Pride jerseys. Uh, just recently, the New York Rangers had their Pride Day and the players sort of opted out of that decision. Uh, this is very complicated. I know it's hard to, to, to summarize in, you know, uh, uh, in a minute or two. But if this starts to become a trend where players and teams say, like, we don't want to be part of this, what can the league do to kind of remedy it? Because players have their rights as much as I sort of disagree with those decisions. Um, they do have the ability to say, we don't want to do this. We don't want to be part of it. What can the league do to kind of to mend those fences that have been severed over the last little bit here? It's tough. And, you know, I think it's really tough. I can't imagine being um, someone who identifies with that community and seeing all this happen and saying like, wait, you guys keep saying hockey is for everyone and grow the sport, but you're completely alienating me um, and, and and giving promises that you support me and then backtracking on them because of public pressure. Like, what are we doing here? Um, you know, my sense is the Rangers backed out because they saw the fiasco that was the flyer situation when not all players want to participate. The flyer situation, from what I understand, was a complete communication breakdown between hockey ops, which thought they could handle it and do the right thing for the team, and the business side, which was like, hey, we want to support this initiative. And that's why it became a public relations fiasco. I think some things that we as fans can focus on, I think this is what the league is, is how much progress we had. I mean, the Flyers were only going to wear those warm-up jerseys and had that night because the players and the team asked the team for it. How much progress it is because they've been doing so much work in that space, specifically Scott Lawton and um, James Van Riemsdyk, who have been hosting non-binary youths and, and just everything they've been doing in that space is so significant. Like, let's highlight these things. and. Yes, it's unfortunate that all the players except for one want to participate in it, but why can't we focus on the 99% and why do we have to dwell on the 1%? And I think these are the things that the league should be holding on. We should be holding on to marks of progress. You know, unfortunately, I don't think that we can force anyone to wear these jerseys or participate in these events if it's against their views, but we really shouldn't focus on those who are spewing hate and those who are trying to be exclusionary. Like, let's put all of our focus and efforts into those who are being inclusionary because they can have so much more of a voice. So yeah. in my opinion, that's what the league should do. And I think in my opinion, that's what I want to do as a fan and supporter of this league. But I understand why many people would be frustrated. Speaking of, of inclusion, one last quick question before, and thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. This has been fantastic, but Last year during the playoffs, you started to end your, your interviews by saying thank you in the native language to, to whoever you were speaking with. And as we all know, being in NHL locker rooms can be a little different with so many different language being spoken and language barriers. But I loved it when you brought that out and like for the, some of these guys for the first time, you'd catch them off guard almost. Where like they didn't expect it and you could tell they really appreciate it. What was kind of the, the, the story behind starting to do that? Yeah, I mean, I'm just cognizant of the fact that so many of these guys, English is their second language. And then to do an interview with me on a national stage in the language that you're not fully comfortable with, um, 
that's a really brave ask. And it was my way of just saying like, hey, thanks for doing this. And also reminding the viewers at home that to have a little bit of empathy. What it became is, you know, in these interviews, I often get hockey cliches because this is the way hockey players talk. <laughs> and I felt it was the one time that they kind of break character and smile and remind you of who they are as a person. And for me, that's so important to the viewers. So just trying to create little moments of humanity, honestly. Um, and it's become a fun tradition. And I've learned a lot of words. And uh, the other day I had to learn uh, Bulgarian for Alexander Georgiev. That was my new one. So we're getting there. We're getting our full uh, rotation. Well, I love that empathy. It's a, it's a powerful tool that we need more of. That's for sure. Definitely. Uh, and my last question for you is you've got in your Twitter bio bagel snob. Uh, we know you reside in Chicago. What is the best bagel in Chicago and why is it Chicago bagel authority? Uh, it's not the best bagel in Chicago or sitting <laughs> right now. Uh, they're ones that I smuggle back from either New Jersey where I was born or New York. Um, I'm such a snob. I refuse to eat any bagels here. I think they're all garbage. They're all trash. <laughs> People have sent me there. They've sent me to Skokie. They've sent me everywhere. And, um, I'm sorry. It's the one hill I'll die on. So from what I understand, is it, it's the water, the New York water is what makes a difference, right? Is that the rumor? Yeah. And I, there was like, I heard that there's a place in Milwaukee that used to ship in the water and maybe those ones were superior, but whatever it is, people just here cannot master it. And it's fine. Like there's so much other good food in Chicago. Like I'm not losing sleep over it. I just won't go out of my way and eat that for breakfast. All right. That's fair. That's standing your ground. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Emily, thanks so much for the time. You are more than generous and uh, especially appreciate the flexibility on short notice. Uh, so thank you so much. And hopefully we can do this again soon. I appreciate it, you guys. Thanks for your patience with me, and congrats on the new venture. It's very Thank cool. Thank you. So. Thanks so much. Thanks, yeah. Emily. Really appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. That's Emily Kaplan of ESPN. Follow her on Twitter at Emily M. Kaplan. Well, that was uh, that was one hell of a show, my friend. Yeah, I think that flew by. Yes, it did. You know, the little, you know, a little kind of. I don't. Nervous isn't the right word, but a little uh, concerned about where today might what yeah. path we might lead to, but uh, thank you guys all for listening and being respectful in the comments and, 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 you know, having some really good discussion today. And that's, that's all we really could do. Yeah. And uh, we have a comment, just scroll up a little bit there, uh, Kevin, there it is from Matthew cook. He says, I commend you guys on how you went about discussing Bobby Hull's legacy. You guys are class acts. I personally would have had to bite my tongue until it fell off. Thank you for being honest. Look, if we had the option to just not address it, <laughs> I think we would have been happy. We would have happily chosen that. I woke up and saw the news and was like, oh, here it is. This yeah. is the this is the one we knew we were going to have to do someday. Uh, but, yeah, to echo what Greg said, thank you for being uh, so great in the chat. Thank you for being so welcoming uh, to Emily as well. And thank you to her for really, like, I wrote her, I think, 11 a.m. saying, hey, I know – this is a curveball, but could you possibly move a uh, half hour? She's like, yeah, no problem. Totally understand it. So uh, it was great to have her on. She is my favorite hockey reporter. She is plugged in with the Hawks and uh, doing great work. Yes, so I hopefully. hope you enjoyed the interview. We got another one tomorrow with Shayna Goldman of The Athletic. And Shayna recently wrote an analytical piece using numbers and math and all those things I don't understand, projecting Connor Bedard's NHL career. So if you want to get excited about Connor Bedard, Join us tomorrow at 2.30. It's going to be another great show. Before we go, I want to remind you that the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help energy save, help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer 
We'll work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. That's comed.com slash powering biz. Ready to sign up for a facility assessment? Call them at 855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative or email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online on their website at comed.com slash facility assessment. And I know it doesn't feel like golfing weather outside. It's a little cold. It's going to be chilly this week. Yep. We got a little tough through it. We've been blessed with some mild weather for the most part, but... February is almost here. That means March is almost here. That means April is almost here. That means golfing weather <laughs> sooner or later is going to get here. And Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gears, and you will get tons of compliments on and off the course when you deck some yourself out in some Pins and Aces, a family-owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even their very favorite beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store up to seven beers or Diet Cokes, if that's what you prefer, right inside your golf bag and keep the drinks cold the entire round while your buddies in august are drinking from some warm swill cans you're going to have the advantage you're going to have an ice cold beer cracked open on the 16th hole and that's going to put you over the top so check out pinsandaces.com and use the promo code chgo to receive 15 percent off your first order and get free shipping that's pinsandaces.com at this point just use CHGO, CHGO and the promo code on every website. Just try it. And see if it works, because it works at about 95% <laughs> yeah, of the websites work. out there. That's for sure. All right, before we finally, finally, finally wrap up, there are three tickets remaining for our CHG overtake. CHG over? I like that. Casey, CHG over. That's a new term for takeover. CHG over. She's shaking her head no. She's looking at me like I'm an idiot. That, yeah, workshop. She's it. like, That's th correct. thanks for the idea, Jay. Okay. I'm going to go back our, to my important And stuff. in three, two, one. There are three tickets remaining for our CHGO takeover. That's Friday, February 10th. It's coming up. That is soon. Uh, Hawks, Coyotes at the United Center. You're going to get a ticket to the game. You're going to get a free CHGO hockey T-shirt, a brand-new design that you haven't had before. You're going to get two free drinks at the Goose Island Pub at the United Center. And most importantly, you're going to hang out with me and Greg and Mario. It's going to be a great time. Go to allchgo.com to purchase your tickets. Die hard. You're going to save 20% as you always do. If you are not a die hard, this is a really good opportunity to become one. Why? Well, like I said, you save 20% on this and all events. You save 20% on every piece of merch at chgolocker.com. And when you sign up, you get a free shirt or hat right away. So you go to an event. You buy a little bit of merch, boom, you have paid for your, your membership is paid for, for the year. You're good to go, and every year upon renewal, you'll get a new shirt or a new hat. That's every single year you renew your membership. So go to allchgo.com, level up your fandom, become a diehard today. All right, with yep. that, we are going to wrap things yep. up. Tomorrow will be fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
Connor Bedard talk in the first half. Yes. And in the second half of the show, I'm going to get the CHGO logo tattooed live on the air. That's on a his real forehead. Thing. It's really going to happen. I'm going <laughs> to sign that lifelong contract right before I do it to guarantee there'll be no problems down the road. But yes, so we'll do something fun while the needle is buzzing during the second half of the show. It's the bye week. We got to do something to get viewers. Yeah, that will be a lot of fun. <laughs> and then Wednesday, I show feet. <laughs> CHG only fans. Yes. <laughs> that's oh, a, you're really on one today. That's two oh, really that's good guys ones. That's from Greg. That's, oh, that's, that's my bit. I, I allowed him to use it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> copyright Greg Boyce in 2023. Uh, CHG only fans. Anyway, all right. Let's wrap things up. Thanks for being with us on a difficult show, uh, a uh, awkward show. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoyed Emily Kaplan's visit. Hopefully, we can do a lot more of those. Now that she sees, we're not complete idiots. Just somewhat idiots. Yeah, just somewhat yeah. idiots. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow, 2.30. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up for Greg. I'm Jay. This is the CHGO Blackhawks Podcast.